It's always good to remind ourselves that no matter what we're going through, we have a God that cares for us, the God that's there. And, and even when we feel the weight of this life, we know we can run to him with whatever it is. And so I pray that, that today we can rest in the truth that God is with us and for us. And he wants you to go to him. Uh, every week here at Press Church, we say a prayer together, a corporate prayer that reflects um, really our heart as a church, who we believe God to be, uh, just what we want to do as a community. So I'm going to invite you, the words will be on the screen. I'm going to invite you to say this prayer with us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we declare your glory, submit to your sovereignty, and seek your presence. Where we are wounded, heal us. Where we have sinned, forgive us. Where we are struggling, walk with us. Where we are strong, keep us humble. Where we are weak, lift us up. Our hope comes only from the life death and resurrection of Jesus Christ in whom we find our identity and significance. In a world full of pain, heartache, and discouragement, we want to be a light reflecting your grace and love. Through the Holy Spirit, we will be the difference in our world. And together we say, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we have a very special service planned today. Um, but before we get to that, I'm going to go ahead and give some of the announcements, some of the things that are coming up, so make sure to put your listening ears on for just a few minutes. Um, the first thing I want to remind us all, we are doing a resupply drive right now for our neighbor, Scioto Ridge Elementary. There is a table out there. If you need a list of items that we are collecting, there's a paper that you can take. We're going to be collecting that for a couple more weeks, and we're hoping to deliver those by mid to late February. Um, so make sure that while you're out and doing you know, regular grocery shopping, things like that, have one of those papers so you can grab some of those supplies. Um, something is really cool. Last year, we were actually nominated for a community partnership. So we were recognized just for the, the work that we did in caring for our neighbor school. And it's through people like yourself by doing these things and caring for our neighbor. Um, and so we'd love to continue uh, just that relationship that we have with them and, and let them know that we really care about them. Um, also, next Sunday, we have our all-in meeting after church. So uh, maybe if, if you are newer or even if you haven't been around, this may be a good meeting for you to go to. We're just going to highlight some of the things that happened last year, how we ended with some of the financials, uh, and just really give some vision for moving forward this year. So that's next Sunday. Make sure you come back. Uh, it'll be a quick meeting after service, so make sure you are here. Uh, if you are watching online, that will not be a streamed uh, section, so you have to come uh, and be with us in person. Uh, next, um, we have a youth bowling tonight, 5.30 at Star Lanes. Oh, yeah, youth people. Yes, that was nice, nice. So 5.30, Star Lanes, get your kids there. It's going to be fun. Also, after church, we are going to have a small just time. Today is actually really, if you didn't know, we are ordaining Chrissy Bontrager today. So we're going to have... Uh, we're going to have after service, a little time of refreshments, stick around, say hi to her. Uh, but after that, young adults, there's going to be a young adult hangout at Roosters on Sawmill. So if you, even if you're not a young adult, and if you think you're a young adult still, you can go hang out if you, if you really want to. But uh, Roosters, Sawmill, uh, after all this, the fun that we have here. Uh, and then last but not least, I want to just recognize giving. Uh, if you call Press Church home, we encourage you to be generous and to give. It's through your support that we do, uh, all that we do. And so there's a couple ways to give. We have a text to give number. I didn't talk about that in the, do we have the text to give number? 
No, it's 84321. I have it memorized. Um, it's really simple. If you want a text to give, we have a box by the back exit that you can put. Um, and we also have, you'll see some QR codes around the building. You can find uh, links from there. If you have any questions about that, I will be at the Connect Desk after service. Would, would love to help you uh, support what it is we are doing here. We appreciate everything uh, that you do and the way that you guys join us in the ministry of this church. Um, it's truly a blessing to partner together. Uh, now, I would like to move into the message part. We actually have a, a really special uh, message for you today. And this is, I was actually thinking about this. Today is, the, no pressure, Rob. Um, today is the, the first time that we have some, had somebody not in the press community giving the message. I was just thinking about that. So we have a guest speaker today, Rob Patterson. He is the lead pastor of New Hope in Loudonville, uh, and it's coming up on 13 years. Lead. Uh, no way, I'm going to talk about you some more. You stay right there, and then I'll call you up. Yeah, 13 years, uh, coming up on 13 years as lead pastor at New Hope in Loudonville. Uh, Rob is the regional director for Converge Mid-Atlantic Central Ohio region, so we are part of uh, Converge Mid-Atlantic. It's our church planning network. Um, and then he's also on the board of overseers for Converge Mid-Atlantic. Uh, Rob is a great guy. He loves Jesus, and he is one of the most down-to-earth guys that you will get to meet. Um, and so I would like to, can we give him just a big round of applause and thank you for being here? Now you can come up. You can come up. Uh, Rob, uh, I had the, the joy of getting to meet Rob. It's been almost four years ago now. Um, and it's just been, we've golfed together. We've, if you want really bad memes, uh, hit this guy up. He's, he's, he's got a phone full. It's, it's, hey, Sean, look what I've got. It's, it's, it's bad. But uh, Rob is a good guy, and I'm just, I'm blessed to have you here today. And I'm excited for us to hear uh, what God has put on his heart. So let's just welcome him well and be attentive and good listeners. Let's, let's be a good audience today. Awesome. Yeah? Thanks, brother. Oh, Press Church, I am honored to be here with you today. Uh, this is awesome. My wife Bethany and I got to be a part of the ordination council uh, for Chrissy. That was uh, great. I've been in your building a uh, number of times. Uh, but speaking here this morning and really recognizing what God has, what God is, and what God is going to continue to do through the life and ministry of Chrissy Bontrager is pretty awesome. And uh, so I am excited, and I want you to know that I would not miss this for the world. And I, I you know, that's something people say, right? Like those are sound just like words, but I, I'm serious. In two days, um, I am having seven and a half years ago. I had a total hip replacement. I wore my hip out prematurely. I was in my uh, early 40s, and uh, they replaced it. They've discovered there's infection. So in two days, they're literally removing my hip from my body for three to four months, and I'm here with you. Okay? So, like, I'm serious about this. I would not miss this. Uh, uh, and I, I, yeah. So uh, I've been a pastor for 28 and a half years, 12 and a half years, like Pastor Sean said, at New Hope in Loudonville. Uh, love it up there. Um, I, I serve uh, in, in lots of different ways. In, in I, as the regional director for Converge Mid-Atlantic in the central Ohio region, really, all that really means for you is this. It was those years ago where I sat with Pastor Sean and Pastor C.R. and Pastor Jason to hear with some other pastors about the dream for a church called Press Church. And it's as we heard this and prayed and really discerned the will of God that, that we recommended to our, our network to say, hey, 
we should move ahead and support this church plant and look. Like, you guys exist now. Isn't that cool? Right? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad that at least half of you are fired up about that because I think that's, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, and, and so, if you don't know this, there are 100 plus churches in our region. There are between 13 and 1,400 churches in our country who have been doing ministry together for 170 years to help reach people and share the love of Jesus Christ. And so you guys are a part of that, and uh, we get to do this together. Now, all those things are true, but the main group that I really represent, probably like you, is my family. I got a picture here of my family I want to show you. Uh, Three of us are here today, my wife Bethany and my youngest son Liam is over there. My oldest son Christopher, uh, he is a freshman at Indiana Wesleyan University. He's studying music and ministry. And... um, if, if you want to know just one thing about my family, we have this little plaque in our house that says this, remember, as far as anyone knows, we are a nice, normal family. <laughs> so if you guys could help us keep that ruse up, we would greatly appreciate it. Love your pastors. Uh, Pastor Sean, man, I, I don't talk to anyone about him who doesn't like him. And, uh, and he is just such a great uh, uh, emerging leader in our movement. That is great. I don't ever talk to or hang out with CR without learning something. And uh, Pastor Jason is one of my best friends. And so, uh, again, I just love those who serve you. Now, as, as uh, we kind of lean in a little bit today, I, I was thinking about this as I was just thinking about what's taking place today, what has been taking place over these last number of years just in, in terms of recognizing God's moving in and through and calling on Chrissy's life. And it made me think about when I go to a graduation I don't know if this is true for you, but when I go to a graduation and somebody has a higher degree than me, it always inspires me to want to go back to school, to want to maybe kind of learn more and grow more and to to get a, a different or another degree. And I'm hoping today, as we as as a body of believers recognize what God has and is and will do in her life, maybe he would speak to you about what he is and wants to do in and through your life too. Um, that, that is the best way that we can honor Chrissy today. So I just want to spend a few minutes answering the number one question I've gotten probably more than any other question in almost three decades of ministry. Uh, and uh, it's really something I think that people wonder about even outside the church. And it's this question, what does God want me to do have you ever have you ever wondered that god what do you want me to do right just tell me what to do and and i'll do it and it starts with things like where should i go to college should i even go to college uh should i take a gap year that was a big question in my family last year my oldest son had twelve thousand dollars in scholarships from high school that he was thinking about just leaving on the table Uh, to take a year off. And I'm like, how about you take a year off between years one and two after you use those scholarships? Thank thank God for that. And and then it progresses, right, to things like, uh, what job should I spend my life doing or who should I marry? 
I still remember meeting a couple in the first church I worked at right out of college. And they, they, I, we had dinner, and I said, tell me your story. And they're like, well, we were in this band together. We were both married. And as soon as we met each other, we realized that we were not with God's number one choice for us. So we each divorced our spouses and married each other. Oh, my goodness, right? This is where the whole will of God thing messes us up sometimes. God never does that. Okay, that's just, if you don't hear anything else today, remember that part, right? And then, and then it moves even to bigger questions. God, why am I even on this planet? Can, can you hear me? And, and if you'll just tell me what you want me to do, and I know for sure that it's you, I will definitely do it. And so as we, we think about that question, there's a couple things I want to say to start. First is, God has this thing called his moral will. If you see an elderly person trying to cross the road and they're struggling, what is God's will for you in that moment? One, only one person? <laughs> Help them, right? This is what God wants. Uh, does God want you to become more and more generous or more and more stingy? Generous, right? These are obvious things. And I know many people don't like this answer, but this is uh, most of what God's will is for most of us. For most of our lives. We already know it. And, and if you have trouble knowing that, things like prayer and consistent Bible study and doing life as part of the community of God's people at a church like this will help us to hear and know even more clearly. And, and I know some of you are like, I get all that, Rob, but what about the more tricky questions? What about the tricky stuff? Uh, the answer to that is most of the time, God lets us choose isn't that cool and, and, and a lot of times we think god what is your will as though it's like floating out there somewhere right and, and we gotta we gotta find it the truth is god has created us to be who we are and a lot of times the will of god for your life and my life is revealed in who we are the things we love the things that we're good at the ways that he has shaped us and I think this is good news, but let's talk about what most people really wonder when they ask this question. Uh, God, what do you want me to do? They, they're really asking about what God's specific will is. Uh, this is when God has a specific thing, role, or assignment for you or for me to do. And, and at least biblically, when we see this taking place where God has something for someone they don't walk around wondering what that is, right? Like, it's usually that God speaks with such clarity that people are frightened and they run away and he has to swallow them into the belly of a giant fish in order to get them back on track, right? So if God has something for you and you're even remotely listening, he will let you know. That's just how he works. And my only point here is this, that God is not in the habit of hiding this kind of thing. So if it seems like God is quiet, keep listening, but also know that he is giving you lots of latitude to live as long as you are keeping your eyes on Jesus. Now some of you are like, okay, that sounds good, but Rob, I don't fully believe you yet. It couldn't be that simple, could it? Well, we'll think about 2 Corinthians chapter 2. There's just a few verses uh, in Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, and he says this, Now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, 
and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. This sounds like very godly, right? Paul went somewhere to do a very godly thing to preach Jesus to these people. And, and the text even says God opened the door. This sounds like the will of God, right? And the text says this, I still had no peace of mind because I didn't find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. So basically, I went to this place to do this thing. God even opened a door. But because my friend who, was, who I was expecting to be there wasn't there, I left. What? And, and then listen to these words. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. The the picture here, a triumphal procession, is when a king would defeat another king, there would be like a parade to celebrate this. And all of the new followers and servants and people and army and whatever would come behind their new king. And it's not like our parades were like Santa or whoever, like the, the famous people are at the end. Like the new king would be at the front and everyone would walk behind this king with their eyes focused on their new king. And the Bible here is telling us that if you and I will just keep our eyes on Jesus, It doesn't matter where we go or what we do, God will use us. How awesome is that? So just keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, okay, okay, Rob, great general principle, but but what about uh, some specific task, you know? And I know you said God would be really clear, but my wife always tells me that I miss a lot of obvious stuff all the time. So what about for me? Like, how will I know if God has something for me. In the book of Hebrews, and Hebrews is this great uh, book, the big idea of the book of Hebrews in the New Testament is that Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than the sacrificial system. Jesus is greater than the high priest. Uh, Jesus is greater than Melchizedek. Like basically all the way that we used to do things are now become obsolete because Jesus is here and there's a new way. And the few verses I want to read for you, uh, we're seeing that Jesus is greater than Moses. And so in Hebrews chapter 3, as I read these six verses, pay attention to this, the metaphor here of the house. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as um, a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work uh, was an illustration of the truths God would later reveal. But Christ, as Son of God, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. So, just a few thoughts. First one is this. Sometimes God's specific will for you may be tied to a reason. A reason. Right? There might be for such a time as this that God has something for you or for me to do, and, and so we do it. And some of you are going, well, was he going to give me a warning? Maybe not. 
Well, well, could he at least let me know in advance so I could prepare for it? Well, here's the good news. Every inch of your life, God is preparing you for what he has for you in the future. Did you know this? Uh, we have a, a good friend, and in her current job, she always says, I've done 20 jobs in my life, and I can see how God used every one of those things to prepare me for my current role. This is how God works. Um, now, if we're going to take the example from our text, according to the book of Exodus, Moses was about 80 years old when God called him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. The main calling, the main special thing that God had for Moses began when he was 80. That's a whole lot of preparation before the big show, right? And I know our human response is, I'm not so sure I like this, Rob. I, I'm not a fan of that. But look, Hebrews 3.3, 3, the, the text from the text we just read says this, but Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. A builder of a house deserves uh, far more glory than the house itself, right? If you have a builder, you can always get as many houses as you want. But if you have a house, all you have is just one house. In the same way, Jesus is worthy of far more glory than Moses. Um, this would have been tough for the hearers to, to really hear because they would have held Moses in high esteem. You know, Moses was like our guy. And, and for a lot of people, they, had, they were undecided on Jesus. Certainly he didn't stack up to Moses. He didn't compare. But how about for you? How about when God calls your name? Are you ready to come off the bench and give it your all? And, and really the question is this. Who gets the glory from your life? If it's you, you have all you're going to get. It's like the Bible says, the Pharisees stand on the street corners and they pray with eloquent words and they raise their hands just to, to make a spectacle and draw attention to themselves. And, and that's it. Like they have gotten their full reward. But if our lives are about the glory of God and letting God be God in our lives, man, it, we will have the, the best will always be yet to come. Sometimes God's specific will for you is tied to not a reason, but a, a season, right? Because there may be times that God uses you for a reason, and, and, and that reason might even take the rest of your life like it did for Moses. And, and then there may be times it's seasonal instead, right? Like I never did this before, and I'm never going to do it again. But for right now in this season, God has this thing for me to do. Um, he's chosen to work through me for this task. When I was in my 20s, I, I, I learned this thing, and it made so much sense. You know, when we talk about spiritual gifts, and every one of you has spiritual gifts in your life. Someone once said this, though, and it would, like, open my eyes. Really, the biggest gift that God gives us is the gift of his spirit in our life. And if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, the Holy Spirit can, can manifest different gifts. And for you and for me and for all of us, he typically manifests the same gifts in us over and over again. It's why we are the unique people we are. But because God has given all of us the Spirit, uh, I, I like to illustrate it this way. You know, if somebody has the gift of healing and when they pray, 
people are healed, right? Like you just see health and wholeness physically and emotionally and spiritually and otherwise. It's great, right? Uh, but that, there's someone who needs to be healed, but that guy's on vacation this week, so what do we do? Well, because we have the Holy Spirit in us, God can use us and manifest any gift in us at any point to do anything. Do you believe that? It's true. It's absolutely true. Uh, we, we even see in the Old Testament, right, God was even able to speak through a donkey. And if he can do that, he can speak through you. So sometimes God wants to work for a reason in a season. Let me ask, how many seasons does it take to build a house? I didn't know this. I've never built a house. I'm remodeling my house. It seems like 87 is the right answer to that because it's going to take that long to get the remodel done. But I looked it up, and, and a house typically takes 7 to 12 months to complete. So three to four seasons. Think about that as, as you hear this next verse, Hebrews 3, 4 says, For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. So you can build a house in three to four seasons, but God uses every season of your entire life if you let him to build the house that is you. And whether you like it or not, God is the builder of everything. And just like um, our question about uh, who gets the glory from our lives, um, I wonder who gets to build in your life. So many people foolishly believe that they're the ones who build their lives, right? That God's, God's too busy or too preoccupied. And, and certainly the infinite God of the universe couldn't build your life any better than you can, right? This is what people sometimes think listen work with God in this instead of against him and you will see exponentially more eternal fruit from your life if you want to live a life that lasts not just now but forever let God build your life uh, last one and this is a little more focused on today sometimes God's specific will for you may be tied to your lifetime Right? Not, a, not just a reason, not just a season, but your entire life. Chrissy, like you, whether here at Press or places you've been before or maybe even places you will go after, God has consistently used you to build ministry and to pour into people's lives. And this hasn't changed through seasons of hurt, through pain, through discouragement, through some breaks and some time off. Uh, you have always come back to ministry. And in just a few minutes, as you get to be a part of and affirm her ordination, uh, just know this. A lot of times people think, well, that's kind of a special thing, and it is a special thing, but it's a special thing in that it's about way more weight and responsibility than it is perks or privileges. For the first time in the 21-year history of the church that I lead, we are elevating women into some of the highest levels of leadership in our church. And, and I've always been for that personally, but, uh, but as a church, we have spent hundreds of hours of reading and study and consultation. And I just want to say I am saddened by how many don't see the clear biblical mandate for this. And so, Chrissy, I suspect and I even know that you have probably throughout your life 
uh, receive some, some friendly fire from people who just didn't think that you as a woman should be able to do this. And for that, I'm sorry, but I know that God is faithful and he will even use that nonsense uh, to make a difference. So, so last house verse, I love this. And we, all of us, are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. This is true for every one of us here today. We are God's house if we keep, actually I like how the NIV translates that, if we hold firm, if we hold firm to our courage and hope in Jesus, if we, as I said earlier, keep our eyes on Jesus. Now why would we need to hold firm? It's kind of like something is trying to dislodge us and our grasp that we are commanded to have on Jesus. Do you want to know, Chrissy, this may be more specifically for you, but for all of us too, do you want to know how to be one of the most successful ministers who's ever lived? Right? Just keep going. Like, that's a little bit. Of those who start in ministry... Church, do you know how many end in ministry? 10%. If you just finish, you're already in the top 10% of all time. Isn't that awesome? All you got to do is finish. Billy Graham himself stated that his belief was that only about 25% of those who come forward at one of his events actually became Christians. In recent years, studies have shown that only 6% of people who come forward at an evangelistic crusade are any different in their beliefs or behavior one year later. See, in the church, we have a patience and perseverance problem personally and corporately, right? And some of you are like, oh, it's totally true, Rob. I've not stuck with things that I should have. Uh, But you don't understand the things I've been facing. You don't know my life. You don't know my circumstance. And you're right, I don't. But God does. Don't you love those words? These are two of the most powerful words in the history of the world. Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, but God is faithful and not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Acts uh, 13, 29, when they had carried him out, all that was written about him, uh, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I planted the seeds, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. God wants to do incredible things if we will just trust him. Uh, just, just one other example. Uh, so we all have these, right? Uh, and, and most of us know, like, literally, like, the epidemic of uh, suicidal ideation and depression that, in particular, our young people struggle with. Um, I, I read a study recently that said people who spend less than an hour of screen time a day basically have 0% struggle with this stuff. If you spend three hours, uh, from one to three hours, that goes from 0% to 17%. 
you start to struggle with these things. Uh, if you spend up to five hours, it goes up to 32%. And if you spend seven hours looking at screens in your day, it goes up to 71% of young people struggle with suicidal ideation and depression. The average in our nation is 9.5 hours a day that people spend looking at these, right? It's no wonder we have such a problem. And here's what I want to say. We need less of the stuff that is killing us and more people like Chrissy and like some of us here today who are willing to answer the call of God to offer help and hope in our world. Okay, Rob, those are big ideas. That sounds good, but how do we do this? Remember where we started? What does God want me to do? Here's what God wants you to do. God wants you to let him build the house of your life. It's really that simple. This is what God wants you to do. Will you do that? Will you trust God with your entire life? Maybe you're here today and you haven't even decided about Jesus yet. You don't even know if you want to follow him. And maybe you're feeling called today to take that step to decide to follow Jesus and make him Lord and Savior of your life and take another step to say, I'm going to actually serve you with my life. That's what I did when I was 14 years old and felt God speaking to me. There's um, uh, an American missionary who asked a, a foreigner one time, said, when you think of the church in America, what word comes to your mind? And he asked the question, he kind of braced himself because he knew it was going to be a bad word. And, and the guy actually said, when I think of the American church, the word I think of is committed. And he's like, that's a pretty good word. And he goes, no, not really. He said, well, what do you mean? He goes, committed means it's mine and I'm going to kind of commit it. I'll let you use it for a little bit, right? God doesn't want us to be committed he wants us to be surrendered. He wants us to say, this is no longer mine. I give it to you. Most houses are the same in, in one respect. Think about your house, right? There are parts of your house, aren't there, that pretty much anybody can go into? Yeah? And then there are parts of your house that only some people can go into? And if your house is like mine, there are parts of your house that you don't want anybody going into, right? Like it's, it's messy, it's, it's just not fit for people. So, and here's why this matters today. The Holy Spirit will fill and use every inch that you give. Every inch of the house of your life. If you only let him into the, the clean, presentable entryway, he'll fill and use that. But the whole rest of your house is still on standby. Listen, it doesn't need to be cleaned. It doesn't need to be prepared. It doesn't need to be changed. It just needs to be surrendered. And as I pray for us today, I'm wondering if some of you just would want to say to God, God, I, I want to give you more. I want to give you all, the entire house of my life. And I want you to build in me, and I want you to use me so that I, too, can make an eternal difference. And so, Jesus, today, I thank you so much for just the, the clear truth of your word. God, the, the things that you desire to do, that you want to do in us and through us. God, that your will for our life is really so simple. 
It's that we would, we would look to you, we would keep our eyes fixed on you, and we would let you do the work. Whether it's just the simple everyday stuff, or whether it's a specific task. And so God, today as your people, we just want to give you permission to speak to us, to work us, in, in us and through us. And God, help us to be less committed and more surrendered. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we all just thank Rob for that great message? Thank you so much, Rob. I think that's a, that's a good challenge to remember for all of us. At this point, I am actually going to call uh, Chrissy and Brian to the stage. So Chrissy and Brian, if you guys would like to come up. Uh, and I'm just going to kind of brag on them for a little bit here for a second. Uh, Chrissy and Brian were uh, some of the first people that actually committed to helping uh, launch Press Church. We had a, a sit-down meeting, and they had, they had a list of questions. That was, I mean, they didn't just come... Uh, yeah, a notebook. It was a notebook. You did have a notebook of questions, um, but they have been extremely valuable. Uh, Chrissy was vital in putting together systems and structures and curriculum for our press kids uh, and helped made that what it is today. She has spent hours with some of you just helping and coaching and uh, discipling and all that stuff. Um, I have more stuff. Let me get, sorry, my my thing flipped and then went back, so let me find Chrissy is she is a licensed clinical counselor with a master's in professional counseling. She has a deep love uh, of seeing young people come to know God and embrace their identity in Christ. Um, shortly after launch, we actually invited Chrissy to be a part of our executive leadership team, um, and that's been you know just great having her voice in that space. It wasn't I, I like to say it was it was a good learning experience for all of us. Um, you know, we, it was the first time bringing a female into the group, and so when we went away on strategic, you know, getaways, like, all right, we have a female now that we, and I, I will never forget the first two-day, three-day thing that we did together, and all the women are, like, texting Chrissy, like, are the guys being nice to you, or is everything okay, checking in on you, but she has been a great addition to that team. Um, and with her ordination today, it's not that Chrissy is stepping into a new role, uh, but that she's being recognized and affirmed for, for what we sense God calling her to and the things that she has done. And, and even Rob kind of mentioned that, uh, the ways that she has continued to step into ministry spaces and continue to pour into people and show love for them. Um, she's shown a pastoral, for, a pastoral heart for the people that she works with, and we just want to affirm that. Um, this has been a multi-year process um, of just praying and seeking, uh, not only for us, but even for her, of like, is this, this something that I, I really want to step into? Um, as Rob said, we had a, a, an ordination council that met together and had questions for Chrissy and just spent some time praying and really seeking God in this. Um, and, and, it's, and even through our um, relationship with Converge Mid-Atlantic, uh, we've had a, a, a pastoral coach that she's been meeting with and continues to meet with. And so we just want to do all that we can to, to set her up and to really support her uh, in, this, in this new role forward. So at this point, I do want to invite up the, the council that's available. We have our pastors, uh, both Rob and his wife, Bethany, were part of that. And then we had a few other people that were unable to attend today, uh, part of that council. Um, but I'd like to kind of just get into more, the more formal part of, of the time now. Throughout history, God has called workers to carry out his will. Uh, righteous Noah, chosen to survive the flood and save his family through building an ark. Abraham, a man of faith, selected to be the forerunner of God's holy nation. Moses, the man of God, was called to deliver his people from slavery. Jesus chose his 12 apostles 
and the early church set apart those called to special work through prayer and the laying on of hands. We come today formally to ordain Chrissy Bontrager to the work for which God has called her. We seek to honor only Christ as Chrissy is being set apart for just that purpose. So Chrissy, I have some questions for you. Have you, Chrissy, prayerfully considered the responsibility of living and proclaiming the gospel, and have you weighed the work involved in the sacrifices you may be called upon to make? Are you motivated not out of a desire for a position or earthly gain, but by the love of God and of your fellow people and the wish to glorify God and call them to holiness? Will you strive to build up the church, the body of Christ, to prepare God's people for works of service, to labor for the unity of the faith and the knowledge of Jesus? And will you endeavor to live a life of love within your family and in the community, and so draw others to Christ through your example as well as by your word? You have declared your purpose to give your life in the service of Jesus Christ and have received the approval of the church. In order that you may be formally set apart for this calling, we will now ask the blessing of God upon your ministry. So let's pray together. God, I thank you uh, for Chrissy and the, and the heart that she has uh, for the people around us, God. I thank you for her call to, to serve and to support and to call people to see you, to know you, and to embrace their identity in you, God. We pray just a covering and a protection over her. We pray against any attacks. We pray just a special blessing over uh, her and Brian's relationship and their family, God. And I pray that as a church, that we can continue to support her and support others in seeing the call that they have on their life, God. May, may we see fruit that comes from this. May you bless the works of our hands. May you bless our ministry. And may you be honored in it, and may you get the glory. And may we be able to celebrate just being able to be used by you in this, God. We thank you, we praise you, and we celebrate today. It's your name we pray. Amen. Let's give a little round of applause. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm going to invite you guys to stand with us, and we are going to continue in a time of worship together.